0: Welcome to episode 81 of the Woman of Marvel podcast where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. We are- Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer. I have a very exciting Fashion Week, New York City Fashion Week, is upcoming, and I've brought to you guys two people working in the fashion industry, very uniquely different from comics. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Uh, My name is Victor Luna. I am a New York City-based designer. I specialize in outerwear. And I also do specialty pieces, and I'm here also with...
2: My name is Sophie Holland. I'm a fashion photographer and creative director.
0: So I actually became aware of you, Victor, uh, through a good friend uh, of mine, Melly, who is friends with uh, Nicole, our assistant uh, photographer. Nicole shoots with us sometimes. And we, we put up this idea that we really wanted to talk about fashion because New York City um you know in february and september for a week goes crazy everything is about fashion everything mm-hmm. they do is about fashion and so much of uh i i feel like what we as you know americans and sort of new yorkers fashion is very important to us but we've never actually talked to anyone about fashion mm-hmm. like you know i think that fashion is everywhere and anything and it's i think very fascinating um, but what I really, I'm interested in how you guys sort of got started. Why, what drew you to the fashion world?
1: Well, this might my connect with Sophie and I. Uh, we actually met in the beginning of my career. I was just starting to do more of a, a fantasy type of clothing where I was experimenting with my own lines and silhouettes. And I created this very superhero costume kind of outfit that was all French, head to toe. Um, and it, it looked like a shadow, but with fringe. It's all fringe. And the only person that actually got to uh, shoot it and put it in the cover was Sophie, and that's <laughs> that's kind of where we met.
2: Imagine a Deadpool... Um, is that his name? Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool costume, or, or even Spider-Man with the hood, the whole to- head-to-toe, in black fringe, and we shot the the fringe piece and i loved it so much and we had the girl who couldn't see out of it <laughs> move around and shake this crazy fringe and um and we ended up putting it on the cover of a mexican magazine and victor being a mexican designer it was it was a double whammy for us so it was really how the two of us bonded and and uh fell in love with each other really
1: <laughs> indeed yes
0: <laughs> i i I actually I really want to look this up because I love We will send it to you. <laughs> uh, I think what's really sort of fascinating is that when you know, when we design a, a superhero costume, you know, for, for not only just for comics but for for TV or, or movie, it's all about movement. How does how does a costume move? How does it move on the the person or alien or whatever and, and how does it how does it, you know, capture the light and elements like that. And I feel like costu- you know, people who design costumes, you know, we, we recently redid uh, Captain Marvel's costume and sort of Miss Marvel. But these elements of sort of sashes or, you know, um, sometimes there's capes. And it's really interesting, even in the beginning of like the 1940s when comics first really started, it was all about movement. Um, and I feel like, you know, when we mostly look at fashion, we don't ever think about, like, how someone's going to move. But then that's what Fashion Week is all about. What does it look like on the model walking down the runway?
2: Yeah, and not only that, you know, if you look at um, Batman or The Incredibles, they all of them have scenes where they're talking to their designers about how they move their heads, or or what the material is made of, or how it pertains to fashion. Um, even in The Incredibles, they have that scene, don't they, with with the uh, fake Anna Wintour kind of character mm-hmm. designing all the all the the masks and stuff. So I th- I think you know fashion of of the fabrics and and how it moves and how it pertains to their superpower I think is super important.
1: Well, also a very important point Uh, fashion kind of starts from the top of couture which is more handmade uh, creative type of designs one of a kind so once that is translated and watered down into wearable uh, a lot of designers still try to maintain that couture element to garments uh, when they go on the runway or when they're live living in someone's closet for example what I do I always look at all of those elements definitely movement is my first choice I want things to uh, to enchant and to also feel good in the body so those two elements are my focus um, but it's my own choice to, to design uh, that way it's more of a specialty pieces uh, versus wearability and necessity um, which you know if you if you like more of the showmanship, you're you're definitely with me.
0: And your work is so, you know, looking at it it's it's so, you know, futuristic but also very comic y. There are definitely all these sort of elements where you see, you know, as if different as if it could be a comic it, 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 as if it could be a superhero. Like, this could be their uniform.
1: You know, the, the hunger for futurism is so strong, and people don't know until you start showing them kind of the options. I didn't realize that until later on, until I, I think I did a collection called The Alien Queen, which I, uh, we both contributed together and created this amazing visuals and lookbook. Uh, and that just kind of blew everybody's mind. And that's where I think we are as far as fashion we kind of transcend ourselves, and I don't want to like throw roses in my path, but I feel like we opened up this this Pandora box where people are like, "Wow, we could dress like that." This is this is what we could do now, and then they it's did very future, and they did, and people are starting to design this way a little bit.
2: Yeah, completely. And you know, Victor always has a nod to the future, but also sometimes to the past. It, it, with our last collection. It really was a vintage era done in the future, which is oxymoronic, but but it really worked very well. And armor is something that is in comic books a lot, you know, to protect them. And also Victor loves anything that's to do with militia, military, armor. Um, and we've really been pushing that in the last two seasons and, and going forward as well. And that's something that all comic book heroes in my opinion you know shields and and anything to protect them you know is is a a running trend you know and moogler was doing it for for a while and alexander mcqueen and you know fashion designers through the ages since the 80s have been taking inspiration from from comic book heroes and and um i don't think that that's ever going to go out of fashion never it's going to push forward
0: and the one thing i've sort of noticed uh you know as a as a cosplayer i sort of use these tools things like warblood and stuff like that that you know sort of plastics that cosplayers really only were working with them and now i see more and more in sort of like you know in in like couture lines or in fashion weeks people are using tools that would normally be like cosplay yeah that would be cosplay or even just like Plastics or metals or
2: acrylics and foam, and you know, molded sculptural. We, we were talking about that with you know, McQueen and Mugler did it, um, and and you know, many designers after. And and uh, Victor just did this amazing um, body piece, body armor mm-hmm. for his last collection with a ball gown, and it was ex- you know, exquisite. And you see a lot of that with cosplay. I, I myself am a bit of a cosplay. And um, with a mutual friend of ours, Jess, who's an illustrator, and the two of us did uh, Comic Con this year, and, and to see the fabrics that we used, and a lot of that foam and acrylic and plastics and molding, and for swords and also for body armor, it's it's a staple for any, any kind of cosplay.
0: It is it is pretty great when you start actually like breaking it down and thinking about it that like each of our worlds, you know, comics to fashion to sort of the cosplay world to like to, to ready the wear, like all that stuff is so merging and flowing together and it is kind of amazing to sort of, and New York is uh, you know, the, the epicenter of sort of fashion and what's changing and evolving and like in the winter it's, everyone's just wearing black and so that's what I love in, in the springtime when people pull out, when I actually start wearing regular clothes again, you can sort of see the change and the evolution of where fashion is going mm-hmm. and where, you know, <laughs> not just where like You know, people who can afford things on Fashion Week, but what we're going to be seeing in, like, you know, the regular stores, you know, we're going to go into H&M this fall, and what are we going to see? And what we are actually going to wear, which I think is really interesting.
2: It all filters down. Like Victor was saying, it starts at couture and moves through ready-to-wear and all the way down to pedestrian to high street fashion. And I think the bridges between the three levels are, are shrinking. Where where people are wearing high street fashion that really is very very similar to to ready to wear
1: and like big designers the picture. It comes and goes. Um, in the sixties, it was Pierre Cardin, mm-hmm. a French designer, right? Yeah, Cardin. He used to do everything so futuristic. Uh, a lot of plastics, a lot of uh, colorful stuff. It was so beautiful and there's another designer that, and Gautier
2: oh, even Gautier did Gautier a t- in the 80s oh my god I mean if you look at what's the big oh, film Paco Rabanne Paco Rabanne 60s
1: 70s all metal super futuristic super futuristic and then futuristic. it trickles down to Terry Mugler and you it's always been there and I think it started all in the 50s when Cadillac the cars were all rocket and they mm-hmm. just really wanted that's to to right. the future
2: yeah it's totally it's from the Jetsons uh, anything yep. that comes from the 50s and it, like you said, it comes in waves, and when Gautier did The uh, Fifth Element, you know, people were going nuts about it, and then even when you look at Back to the Future and the way that people dressed, and now that that time has passed, we're still looking to the future and, and you know, breaking boundaries with fashion, with style, with personal personal style, um, and, of course, anything that's fantasy and comic book driven is always going to come in with pop culture is going to collide immediately. It's It's a it's a no brainer.
0: Yeah, definitely now is sort of the moment that you know being a nerd when we all grew up in high school and we like said that we like these things it was sort it's of cool not, to be a nerd. Yeah, it's cool now. It's cool to like these things and and it's kind of amazing because they are now everywhere. You know, I actually just got back from a trip to Thailand and like marble stuff was there everywhere. It was just like I like I'm across the world in a in like a mountain town and there's yeah, the
2: Spider-Man. Even being at Comic Con this year blew my mind. Being at Javits and seeing this was a subculture thing, and now the subculture is really taking over. And the, and the the nerds are the cool kids. I don't even like calling people nerds because it, it just it's just a different subculture of things that people are into, and it's so beautiful and so cool. And the amount of time that people take into these costumes. And Victor designed and, and made our costume for Comic Con, and it was. It was exquisite, and just to see the amount of effort that people put into that, it was it was mind-blowing.
0: Oh, that's right, you did the fairy tales. Yeah, that, half- that was me. Ah, it was, uh, that was me. <laughs> it was,
1: it was uh, Sophie.
2: Sophie and our friend um, Jess, who is an illustrator and tattoo artist, um, she actually studied in animation and is a massive comic book fan, and the two of us are really into cosplay, and Victor designed disney themed um costumes i was half maleficent and half sleeping beauty aurora and she was half snow white and half evil queen and we actually got onto a couple of websites of top 10 costumes in new york city and comic-con and and victor made them from scratch and we had so much fun and this is really where where fashion collides with culture pub culture and it was it was amazing i had to
1: make um obviously very fantasy, but at the same time wearable, because they're going to wear it. I wanted them to be comfortable, Mm -hmm. so they had to have some sort of movement, zippers, all these elements that you would use on a regular basis. So it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge.
2: It was amazing. And you know, the thing about, I think, Comic book fans and cosplay fans, and this is obviously something that you guys deal with on a day-to-day basis. Is that the fans are die-hard, and you have to stay true to it, you know? So the detail is all in the details, mm-hmm. and the silhouettes of the dresses. We were really picky, weren't mm-hmm. we, about it. it has to really look like Snow White's real dress and Sleeping Beauty's real silhouette, and the fabric has to be perfection and the detailing. So we put Victor through the ringer, but he killed it. He was it was
0: amazing. I, I, they were sort of beautifully stunning. Um, I'll see if I can uh, retweet some of the photos that you guys wore them. I didn't, I, I like looked for you guys. So we have like a skybox, so we hide away from the world, uh, <laughs> as Melly knows, because she just comes and hangs up with a... Like she just goes and sits outside the skybox and hangs out. She's, She's like the
1: VIP area in the back.
0: Yeah, sort of. Um, but it also allows for us to sort of see the crowds. We just like sort of look in, at the insanity of New York Comic Con because it is Legitimately, oh, it's beyond insane. I
1: am amazed of how people, how much time and money they invest on on that particular event. Which I think it's such a good dedication, and it's such an art. It's form beautiful that it's. I, I'm happy to see that there's some sort of art form still surviving in any way.
2: Yeah, I've been, I've been involved in a lot of subculture stuff, and never have I ever been around such a an amazing positive group of people where everyone was just happy for each other and everyone was excited and wanted to take photos and stuff you know it's not like the vampire culture or different subcultures in new york city it really was everyone was just happy to be there and happy to celebrate this this thing that we all loved and yeah and that i've never experienced it with any other subculture
0: No, the the cosplay community is incredibly welcoming and amazing. And I I feel like the reason why so much, why it's so welcoming is that you know we all know the hard work and the skills that's required into into making something you know I always say I am terrible at props I can't make a prop
2: mm.
0: um, but I can sew but I every time I see someone who makes prop or makes armor piece or things oh, yeah. like that it's oh, like crazy I just bow to them because I know how hard that is
2: swords is you just watch YouTubes for hours and hours and hours <laughs> just trying to figure out how to get the hot knife through the foam and how to I mean it's crazy yeah well, It
1: like anything it takes practice of course. you practice the more you could do it, Yeah. I, I was the same way when I was doing my uh, latest collection with the armor, looking at uh, videos and asking all my cosplay uh, friends, and it was definitely fun to research all these things. No, I crazy. got better as I was building the last armor. I'm like, yay!
0: <laughs> yeah, warbla is like, it's, you would think it's really... So Worbla is basically, for those of whom we don't know, is basically sort of a plastic that with heat, you can shape it into... Mold it. Into, mold it into different forms, and then it takes back its sort of hard plastic shape. So you can make, you know, and it's pretty expensive. It's It doesn't come in a lot of sheets, and you can only get it from, like, Germany, So, it's being shipped here from Germany. So, it's not something you would want to use for, like, an entire Iron Man outfit, but you would use it for, you know, unless you had a lot of money. Uh, Or you use it for, you know, for, like, small... Chest play. Yeah, detailing. Pieces that you need need it to be, you know, more detailed, because you can sort of, you can, um, you can prime it, and then you can paint it really beautiful colors, or uh, use it for sort of, like, um, I've used it for, like, gauntlets and stuff, so...
1: Yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun material that you could also layer to make it harder. You could also make, uh, put, add things to it. It's almost like clay at the end if you really want to play with it more. But it's fun.
0: So, sort of changing gears a little bit. Um, you know, Victor, you you've worked on all these sort of superhero esque costumes. Mm-hmm. Sort of, what's your process of designing, uh, and maybe not necessarily a line, mm-hmm. but like designing a piece.
1: Well, for me. It starts with the fantasy, and that's why it's fun to be here to talk about it. Because I, I sketch out the the designs, and I have some uh, samples here. I'm sure you guys will see it somewhere online. But uh, I start off with the fantasy. This is kind of like post-apocalyptic, let's say. Uh, I come with a theme, and then I start kind of building it from there. Uh, sometimes I sketch them where where they are a little bit very extravagant, as to the point where it's like unrealistic, but. I start watering it down as I'm building the collection and making it realistic. So it's kind of starting with the couture element of uh, of mind, and then watering it down to where it's possible to be worn now, but still pushing the envelope.
0: Yeah. And then and then so from there, you actually build all most of your pieces, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, most of the pieces I build, uh, like last season I had a, a pleating company who pleated everything. So some elements are done professionally by a company, but most of the, most of the building of the samples are made by me. Uh, I just only trust my own self to, to create that vision that I have in my head. It's hard to translate that to someone or let someone know, especially when they're more innovative or different than what a normal garment will look like.
0: And how do you decide sort of what are the materials that you like for your piece to be? You, use, you know, you use leather or you use satin or you use warbler. How is that sort of built into it?
1: You know, I, I when I first started designing, it was only fabric. But the more, the more I research, I get more excited about mixing fabrics and elements. I use acrylic. I use plastic. I use studs. I use uh, tubing. I use you name it hardware store, Uh, rope, rope, (laughs) Rope. hiking rope, anything that that looks and and visually looks cool. Um, I don't stop. I don't have a limit just because it wasn't uh, purchased at a fabric store. The fabric district does not mean that it's not part of or it can be for for a garment. So I I find it everywhere. I find inspiration everywhere and I just grab it. If it's clay, I'll use clay and I'll put it on there. Mm
0: -hmm. How long does it take for you to sort of build from design to completion a piece?
1: They all vary depending on the design. Um, if it's something that I know more, like leather jackets, I could do it in three, four days, um, depending how intricate they are. If it's a garment that has little details that I am experimenting, I take my time. Uh, it might take a week or less. Um, but you know, you gotta understand, this is kind of waking up in the morning and going to sleep later on in the evening, so it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of time involved. but. It's all experimenting and making sure that it moves well, it doesn't break, it doesn't rip, you know, just experimenting, yeah.
2: And it doesn't stop for you. Like, as soon as we finish one collection, he's already thinking about the next one. It, it's, it's like a continual yeah process.
1: I think the first time that we worked together, Sophie and I, and created that that uh, visual lookbook and campaign, um, the Alien was, Queen, the Alien Queen collection, it was such an inspiration for me, and I kind of found my niche. And I had an aha moment, like aha, uh-huh, mm-hmm. this is it, this is who I am. I don't know anybody who does this, so I want to, and I'm good at what I do, so I need to be in this lane. And this is where my lane is. So every time I do a collection, I I already have the inspiration for next season. It's it's like. It's an endless inspiration, and it could be pretty much superhero esque. Like I said, it starts from fantasy and it waters down to where it really is wearable.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, when do you sort of come into this, Sophie? Are you there? Are you there from the beginning? Do you see his sketches, and or are you sort of come in as he's building, or? Thank you. Um, yeah,
2: you know, Victor and I have a very special relationship. Obviously, it's it's different for for me working with different designers or different on different projects but with victor and i for the last two three seasons i've been there since sketching um phase and he will show me his sketches and i'll talk to him and i'll tell him what i love and what i don't love usually i say i love all of it um i throw him some references i i you know along the way and i i kind of watch him from the sidelines make these pieces i certainly don't get in his way with that um and then when the collection's about three-quarters of the way through and I have a, a look at this, the season, um, I start putting together a mood board of how I envision the look to be marketed. And we'll go over ideas of photography or styling or models or whatever. And, you know, we've done three really solid seasons, Um and the first two were photography, ad campaigns, um, lookbooks. And we worked with Ruby Rose from Orange is New Black and um, a bunch of really amazing models. For the last one, we worked with a girl called Ashley, who's an incredible androgynous beauty. Um, and the last collection, we actually did a video um, with a bunch of different celebrities and models and muses of, of Victor's to celebrate the motion side of it and um laverne cox was part of that and jackie cruz and a bunch of other people um who were all spectacular so the point is is that i get involved at that point and we decide what direction how we're going to showcase the 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 collection and whether he does a runway show or not um and and yeah we we kind of it's again it's a fantasy it's a collaboration between the two of us and how we really want to showcase the clothing and um and then we produce the shoot and and market it from there
1: and what i love and enjoy so much of working with sophie is that i visualize it in one way and i create it and she We don't ever necessarily have any conflict with the design aspect. I I finish it exactly how Mm -hmm. I envision. But what I love is when Sophie takes it from me and creates it or elevates it into a more luxurious and and, and marketed in, in the most beautiful way that I can never imagine. So every time it's finished the product, I'm like... Amazed, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> like I never, I I still watch the video over and over. And over. It's just, it's just one of those things. It's like I I think Sophie and I are always looking for what's next, what's best, mm-hmm. what is something that we haven't seen. How to
2: beat our own? We're we're only beating ourselves our in own the self, last yeah. the, our last season, and I think. I'm not interested in what everyone else is doing. I'm interested in what we did last season and how do we make it greater? How do we make it more interesting?
1: And I think that's what translates to the world, that people see that we have fun. Mm -hmm. And they they Mm -hmm. almost want to emulate it in their own way, which it's good. I I don't mind if people get inspired. And I love seeing their take on it. but. Mm -hmm. But I think we raised the bar for our own selves <laughs> so high that we were we can't even imagine. Uh, yeah, you know, imagine how we got there. We're like, <laughs> how do we get there? It's amazing.
2: No, it's really fun, and like, it, there's no boundaries for us. You know, we create. You know, for us to work on Alien Queen was boundless, really, and um, and even with the the Apocalyptic, which actually happened to be the weekend of a a, a crazy snowstorm (laughs) that we were shooting the apocalyptic season which was crazy and then for us to do um new era which was the last season which was vintage and futuristic and it just you know the next season will be spectacular and and you know victor's just like i said there's no boundaries with him with his designing and that's why i really like with him he's not thinking about how is it going to look on the red carpet and how is it going to translate for for sales he's thinking how how can I push myself to be the best designer I can be and you know my background is with fashion also and so I really admire that in him
1: I just you know I'm self-funded I it's all pretty much me so mm-hmm. I don't have anybody to speak to about my um, sales and things like that I only speak to myself so I take advantage and I take it very much a lot of advantage that I could do that it's a luxury to me right now and with the help of Sophie creating this uh, into a bigger brand I think it's becoming to be more desirable and I feel like people are seeing the creativity that's something that I think in New York or anywhere in the world it lacks on fashion because a lot of people just want to sell and selling is good it's
2: great it it pays for the holiday home but (laughs) I tell you what we're doing right now is is really just pushing
1: it's a package we're we're and I thank Sophie so much for being part of it. <laughs> but I think this is becoming to be—we're packaging this so well mm. that whoever in the future wants to invest in it would definitely have a huge uh, stake on it because it's—it's it's becoming to be a household, New York household, kind of fun name. Yeah,
2: and and Victor really collaborated in the last season with a bunch of, you know, young artists, which I really pushed forward. Um, Karen Rose who owns Amore who does in crazy, crazy incredible eyewear um, futuristic out of this world you wouldn't believe it is on their eyes eyewear and, and she did a specific exclusive mm-hmm. collabo with um, Victor and then we just created a doll um, which is amazing with Joshua from, and he owns um, or makes Pigeon and I'm sure a lot of the, your followers will know Pigeon the doll and um, he made an exclusive Victor Luna doll, which was really fantastic for this this past season. So, you know, there's a lot of collaborations with artists and um, other designers. And I think it's really exciting times right now. We're just creating art. And I th- I think that's more interesting to us mm-hmm. right now than commerce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though commerce is nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, commerce is definitely nice. Like she said, it it funds everything that we create. But I think that comes after. People want to see you, who you are, and they want a piece of you. Art is a soul. So I'm putting my soul into it, and I want people to have a little bit of my soul.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think that that is uh, what any comic creator would say, is that they are putting their soul into their work. And so at the end of the day, full circle, guys. Yeah, yeah. We came back to comics. Oh, man, the more you guys talk about this, I mean, obviously, uh, if you haven't seen the video, you should go look at, mm-hmm. um, your website is just VictorLuda.com, right?
1: com. Mm-hmm. acom yep.
0: Um, And uh, your Instagram, your Twitter?
1: Instagram and Twitter is the same, yep. and they're all linked together, so as soon as you Google
0: my name, you'll see it. And where can fans find you? Um, my website,
2: Sophie Holland com, or my creative direction website, which is SophieHolland.com, and then my Instagram, which is my my name, Sophie Holland, and it's Sophie with a Y. Um but if anyone can Google Victor Luna or Victor Luna, Laverne Cox, or Jackie Cruz, or Ruby Rose, and they'll see all of the the amazing stuff pop up. So mm.
0: So one final question for you guys. Yes. If you could design uh, a Marvel character costume that they would wear on the runway. Who? What character would you like to design? It doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to be like Captain America's costume, but it could be anything.
2: Oh man, I love so many. Co- I mean, yeah. I'm such a big fan <laughs> of so many cost of characters. Oh, hmm.
1: I
0: know. I put you guys on the spot.
1: Very much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: who would I, I you know it's it's really interesting because sometimes our creators will do sort of variants or art book styles and they've done uh, they took a bunch of the X women and redid them in sort of like ball gowns and stuff like that mm-hmm. and sort of like rogues costumes yeah X- really. I was
2: going to say X men would probably be up there for me yeah
1: I think so too just because a lot of them still Storm. have some of the '50s costumes, I want to like ump up the future because mm-hmm. you know they're it's getting rough out there. Let's say. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and there and definitely you can sort of you know when as as cosplayers do they sort of take they use different tools and mm-hmm. stuff like that to sort of see how how they would and sometimes they're in space and sometimes they're flying. Uh, but yeah, it would always be fascinating to see what they would look like walking down the red carpet or walking down you know well, fashion week you, in New York City.
1: I think if they wear my next collection they're they are they're pretty like, much they're like superheroes. <laughs> they're there. So, already.
2: They there just we need go. some special effects and they're yeah. there. <laughs> just some
1: smoke and lights.
0: <laughs> and maybe uh, a course to learn how to walk down the roadway. <laughs> <laughs> All great. I'm really excited. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. us. This is great. Uh, We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.